Hello and welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I'm your host, Josiah. And I'm Hill House. And we're about to bring it! <laughs> and I probably woke up everybody in the house right now, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> be aggressive. Um, but to start off, um, it's been a while um, due to scheduling issues and probably some scheduling issues that were mostly my fault. Um, we did not have an episode last week, but we are coming back strong with an episode this week, and it's going to be stocked full of a recap for the last two weeks. Yeah. For y'all, so don't worry. You're not going to be missing any of the uh, newest news in gaming or the last week's newest news in gaming. <laughs> it's newish. The, the pre-newest. Newish news. The pre the new the newish news in gaming. And um you know what? We we were always talking about the GNU news from Fraggle Rock. Yes. And um I meant to tell you a couple of weeks ago that um Apple is bringing back Fraggle Rock on their streaming service. Yes, yes. They're making those like shorts or something. When I saw it, I was like, that's so funny that we've been talking about Fraggle Rock for about I don't know, six months to eight months, and they just happen to be bringing it back. Fraggle Rock is the shit, man. Yeah, and it's funny because it was always associated with HBO yes. before it was syndicated. Yeah. So you already associated with like a premium channel. So to see it on Apple, which is trying to be like a premium version of other streaming and services. And it came out pretty much as far when as HBO content. came out, too. That was the thing. It was like one of HBO's right. signature shows for kids. Yeah, because they were trying to cater to everyone and trying yeah. to have, you know, a premium content of everything. So HBO obviously when they dark. went to like <laughs> yeah, when they when they went to like Jim Henson to make Fraggle Rock, they wanted something like Sesame Street, but like higher budget yeah. and maybe a more broad audience. And like, of course, he like delivered with Fraggle Rock. But um, I just think it's interesting that they're bringing it back to Apple, who. Apple's streaming service right now probably has less than like 20 programs. So they're definitely trying to get all those little niches of uh, um, their audience down. So yeah. it's really cool to see them revive something like Fraggle Rock to get that younger audience um, a quality program. They need to make a Fraggle Rock possible, game. You know? dude. They need a Fraggle Rock game. Yeah. They I can see it. a 2D platformer. Hell yeah. Yeah. Bringing the old Mainly man because the, the show, <laughs> the show was already a two D platformer. You hardly yeah. got. Yeah, every now and then you got moving camera shots like behind the Fraggles, but there were a lot of shots that were set up with everyone moving left and right on a still background. <laughs> yeah, so it really would work on a two D uh, scale. But anyway, um, the last couple of weeks, um, I have not played hardly any new games, um, mainly because I've just been doing a bunch of work around the house. Um, if you look at my hours on my consoles, it's probably sad. I think I played less than 10 minutes a day, probably. Yeah, I very rarely <laughs> saw weeks. you on there. Yeah. I was I was rarely on there. But um, what did you play the last um, couple of weeks? I, I played a game I've been meaning to, uh, you know, kind of a review or whatever, but I played a uh, drug dealer simulator and um, yeah, you talked about two weeks ago, you said you were going to play that. So. Yeah. And the thing is that it, I actually bought it off of steam and I kind of regret it now. It's really not, 
worth it. I mean, there is potential in it, but I don't know if they're going to be able to get the kind of backing they need in order to make it a, a by GTA five esque kind of game. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's it's not completely horrible, but it's just very repetitive. Uh, there's not enough to grab you after the novelty's over. Yeah, um, a lot of screen tearing, uh, basic artwork, but it, it does have potential. It's just I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. I don't think they're going to get the backing that they need. But yeah, hmm. um, if you know, I wouldn't beta? spend money Is it not on fully it. Fully released? Oh no, it's fully released, but I wouldn't spend money on it. Um, I would wait till it was probably hmm. free. <laughs> to be honest with you, that's crazy. Yeah, it just must. I don't understand. It's got really high reviews. Well, yeah, but the it, it's it really doesn't if you think about it. Um, I mean the you think it just doesn't have much of an audience, and the user score is only a seven point three, and this was ba- basically off of a Metacritic website. So, um, you know, and I do see some positive things about it, but they all come to the same point where it's really not quite there. Yeah. I mean, it's in the yellow as far as Metacritic is concerned, but it's a lot more mixed <laughs> reviews than there are positive. Just, it, right. it just doesn't feel fun after the first couple of, you know, runs at drug deals and whatnot. It's just very <laughs> the same thing. There's not a story behind it, which I think that if they had that kind of thing like GTA five does where every once in a while, it's a, it's a different kind of mission in a different place and they change it up just a little bit, you know, or the storyline or whatever, <laughs> or even perhaps put in a, an RP section. I think that might be a beneficial to it, but you know, for right now, I wouldn't pay what they're asking. Um, you know, if it came down to maybe a four ninety nine game, I could see that. So, so now when, now when kids are failing in school and their parents are like, what are you going to grow up to be with these grades that you have? You're going to be like a drug dealer or something. And the kid's like, like, no, I played that game. It was really boring. I I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's too easy. I want something. (laughs) Something challenging, you know, and it's, or someone's just like, oh, you're hanging out with a really bad crowd. I don't want you to end up being like a drug dealer. Oh no. Um. I tried that and it, it was really repetitive. <laughs> I think it should get more difficult. There should be more involved in it. Once, if you're starting out as a, just a regular street hustler, yeah, you're going to need your, you know, to take care of yourself, yeah. etc. But as you climb the ranks and you become like the dawn, you know, or the you know, head honcho or whatever, that you, um, you know, that it's more difficult because you have to be aware of, you know. Like you have to, you know what I'm saying? You, so you, it could this be game more, is intriguing me because I don't know anything about it. Can you explain the core gameplay real quick? Like, like, what do you do? Are um, you just 100% a drug dealer? Start out as you're nobody. Um, and you, okay. you may, maybe have a slight criminal record, whatever. You wake up in this house. It's very uh, uh, first person. It's not a third person view at all. Um, mm-hmm. You... Uh, you go and you meet this guy and he tells you that you're going to go to a, your first deal basically. And so you go to make this deal. And, and basically as you do it, you know, you do more little missions and side missions and story kind of thing until you reach a certain level. But my point is that, you know, 
the beginning of the game is okay. There is some stuff to do, but then after some time, it just feels very repetitive. It doesn't feel like it's story driven at all. Um, but it is kind of addicting yeah. at the at the first part of it. But there's nothing like you have to get a paper route or be a delivery boy for Domino's or something as a cover. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's you, nothing like that. Uh, you. No, it's basically you're just. See, I think it could be more in depth and it would be interesting. It's yeah, like you had need to keep to up stuff like a that. normal yeah. job while also dealing drugs on the side. And that would be you, cool. Until then you, you make pick it your to career. a certain point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there should yeah. be, but there. it just, uh, after a while, it just felt extremely boring. And I, is there I, not, is there not an element of you getting ever robbed or. Oh, that attacked while yeah, you're doing I mean, a deal. You could make a wrong okay, choice. See, that's accurate. You know, yeah, you could make those kind of choices. I mean, it, there is parts where you could die. I mean, but it just depends on how you play the game. You know, what I mean? but it just it right. It, it didn't take me very long to just be bored, man. And so I it, I kind of watched some other gameplay on it and stuff to see if it got any better in the you know later on in it. It really doesn't. It. Yeah, it just it it needs some work. Well, to tell you the truth, um, it sounds like a business game. <laughs> yeah, and if that's not what you're looking for in a game, that doesn't seem like it's your cup of tea. Because to be honest, there's a lot of simulator games that get boring after a while. Because once you figure out the mechanic, basically a lot of simulators where you have to build money. Um, that's what was happening with that hospital, uh, two point hospital game I was playing. If I know for a fact if it ever stops giving me new unlockables, like new areas to learn, that it's going to get boring because just once you're good at making money, it's easy. And yeah. you're just like, let me just let it do its own thing. So I think that's a problem with a money making simulators, basically, where it's, you know, you're running a business. If the mechanics don't constantly intrigue you, if they don't keep adding stuff to make you learn new things, it's of course going to get boring because you're going to be perfect within, you know, 10 minutes at whatever you're doing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I agree with you there. It's just, you know, I'm, I, I mean, I'm looking at some of the stuff that's recent to wondering if the developers are working on it and they, apparently they are. So maybe there is some hope for it. It just didn't feel like it was as in depth as, you know, and I keep comparing it to GTA five, but GTA five is like crazy on its own level. So maybe that's just what we're used to. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, GTA five is like only the largest budget for a game ever. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, but, but my whole, my whole point is it just doesn't feel like it has enough variety to it to keep you wanting to come back. Right. You know what, you know what I mean? Um, and I yeah. think that if it reached that level of development of GTA five, as far as, you know, throwing in the stories and stuff like that, that, yeah, man, mm -hmm. it, it could be something that's really cool. I mean, I am going to keep it installed because we'll see what happens, you know, and then once it, maybe they go with a different engine or something and beef it up, you know, it made even better graphics would have made it a little more interesting, but I just think that after, like I said, the novelty of it wears off, it's just, so in summation, you're saying that it doesn't have a well-defined enough identity to merit its own existence? Uh, deep, but yeah. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Did you play anything else? Because oh, I, didn't, I, as I said before, I didn't play anything. I am so. playing Outlast Two for the first time today on a scare stream. So oh. that'll be interesting. So yeah. I haven't played that one. I've only played the first. Oh, I'm, I haven't played so. any of them, dude. I've never played a horror game. Um, I was playing that. What was it? Nathan Wake or whatever. Alan Wake. And I only, Alan I got Wake, bored yeah. with that too. And just, I stopped playing it. Uh, but even parts of that scared me. So I'm really, uh, they, I had Sassy set up my scare alerts. So this should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, with Outlast 2, uh, if it's anything like the first one, it's all about, your inability, you, you you're gonna feel like you're unable to do anything. <laughs> yeah, have, so I'm, I'm stuck it, in the middle of a cult. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, so yeah, that's basically what it is. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, if you'd end up liking it, though, I do recommend checking out the first one. The first one is, uh, really a pain near the end, but it's it's a journey. I'm worried about having a stroke. <laughs> That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> You'll catch it on camera, though. Yeah, yeah, it'll be um, it'll be immortalized. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Neither okay. do I. I don't know why I'm laughing either. I'm like, yeah, we you die and gay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um let's head on to the news. Oh yeah, time for the news, bitch. So, first off in news, I wanted to talk real quick about some upcoming releases. And um, this was announced last week, but we got a release date for Destroy All Humans, which is being um, remastered, and it's coming to Xbox, PS4, and PC. Oh, nice. Um, It's coming out on July 28th. Um, If you're not familiar with this title, it came out during the generation of Xbox OG and PS2. Um, it's a very, I thought it was a really fun game when I first played it, but I was very young when I played it. I hope it stands up still, but, um, basically what it is, is you play as the aliens that are coming to, you know, destroy the earth. And it's kind of turns the whole, uh, gameplay on its head where normally you would be humans fighting aliens. In this case, you're just an overpowered, you know, uh, nation of aliens just destroying and pillaging and all that crap. Um, so it's a fun kind of just brawling destruction game. Um, you'll get plenty of laughs out of it for sure. Um, I do not know what price it's going to be released at. I feel like $40 would be way too much um, because I don't believe they're adding much content. I think it's just a remaster. Um, I would imagine that it probably is going to release at like $30 and, you know, the switch will probably be $60, but <laughs> for, for the other consoles, which the thing is, it hasn't been announced for switch, but, um, in the current state of gaming, um, you kind of have to be on the switch to make good sales. Yeah. So I assume it's going to probably come to the switch probably maybe a month or two after, 
But yeah, it will be pricey on the Switch if it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Destroy All Humans coming out on July 28th. Look for that. Um, the next game that is coming out that I'm actually looking forward to is Clubhouse Games 51 mini games. I know this it is sounds a really Switch. interesting. Right. It's a Switch exclusive. And I believe it's gonna be like $40, but it's a really cool idea for a game. So the Switch hasn't had anything like the Wii. The Wii had like Wii Sports multiple times. There's like Wii Sports and Wii Sports 2. And then they had Wii. Um, there was like a beach one too. But basically, the Switch has had mini game collections, but most of them have not been first party mini game collections. So for this to be an official license Nintendo one, it's a very well put together um collection of 51 mini games there's all yeah. sorts of stuff in it you can get solitaire i saw what was it mejong in there there's also um curling was randomly in there <laughs> curling was randomly in there there's bowling in it um all sorts of games so there's oh, some dude. that need motion controls and there's some that need you know just a controller it also has the ability to hook up to other switches so uh, that if you're playing something like poker, there's like Texas Hold'em in it. Um, no one else can see your hands. You can all be on your own switch and it shows just your hand. So that's a really cool aspect too, is it has like local link up with other switches. Um, basically, um, just go look it up, see the 51 games. Um I don't feel like reading all 51 right now. <laughs> There's some crazy games. And what's really cool is they are taking a lot of pride in the fact that these games are from all over the world. There's some games that I've never heard of that must be classics in Asia. And then at the same time, there's something actually called, you know, Texas Hold'em, where it's taking pride that poker is very popular in Texas. Um, so there's, so the, it has this kind of universal appeal to it so that's really cool um you feel like you're not just getting a collection of mini games that caters to your um country you know it's like the definitive mini games that nintendo wanted to release on a region free system so that's really cool um i would definitely check it out if you have any interest in like half of the games it's worth it um but there's i guarantee there's gonna be games you've never heard of in it (laughs) But yeah, that's coming out on June 5th. I'm not sure if I already said that. That's yeah. very soon. Um, it's going to be a busy be fun, month for man. me because... You'll be able to go bowling yeah. online with all your friends or whatever, you know? It'd be kind of cool. Have a bowling night or a, yeah, it, a poker it night. It looks like it's adding... <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's adding a bunch of new social features, which to to say it, you know, the nicest way, the Switch is struggling very hard with social features. Uh, and I think... Animal Crossing is really proving that the the console itself is not very ready for the type of social features that Animal Crossing is demanding. Um, I didn't put this in my stories this week, but the whole the whole way the Switch adds friend codes is so ridiculous. Um, the fact that it gives you that 12-digit randomly generated numbers and you have to share that with other people is is so primitive compared to what you can do on other consoles. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, they've talked for years about kind of throwing that system out and thinking of a new system. But to do that, they would have to do so much work on the actual consoles 
uh, like user interface. So um, we haven't seen much improvement on the UI on the Switch. So for them to suddenly do something that people have been begging for would be pretty surprising on that because they've been pretty stubborn on just, you know, keeping it the way it's been since launch. Um, so hopefully <laughs> those social features will be easier, but I'm seeing in the um, trailer for this clubhouse games that they are some social features that I don't quite understand how they're going to work because it seems like the social features are working within the game servers, not within Nintendo's account servers. So I think you connect with other players through the game, not through your switch, which is already clumsy, but that's just the fact that they are not updating the UI to meet the demands of the games. So it is what it is, but yeah. it looks like a really good buy. So definitely check that out on June 5th. Um, nice. nice. Do you want to talk about any new releases? Yeah, man. I, actually, um, I was looking into this because I had just purchased pre-purchase. And, uh, you know, with uh, COVID-19. Yeah. Pandemic and everything. And all these games getting pushed back because people have had transition from working in their studios to working in their homes. And you're talking about a whole bunch of stuff, including, you know, uh, um, basically uh, whole game development process, how people are having to do that online, talking with each other, like, say, for example, with team or uh, creative collaboration, uh, the voiceover work, um, all this different stuff that people have to do in order to make these games and these expansions what they are. Well, the cool thing to hear, even though a lot of stuff's been getting pushed back, is there is some good news. The next Call of Duty game, and we're talking about the um, premium release Call of Duty game, uh, is still scheduled to come out this year. Um, they said they're right on track. And World of Warcraft Shadowlands, uh, usually uh, Blizzard had released stuff in July or August. Um, that's when everybody expects those expansions to come out. But this is looking like November. So this may come out actually during their anniversary, which would be really cool. Uh, and um, yeah, so Call of Duty, uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands, those are still going to be coming out. Um, they still have, uh, there's going to be testing coming out for uh, some new mobile titles and uh, the, the also their live, their live things that are still happening uh, across all their franchises. So it sounds to me like yeah. the transition that these guys did of working to home, that these, these guys actually did it right. And uh, doesn't sound like uh, Activision or Blizzard is going to have any kind of a problem um, producing these games. Um, they, like we said, they did expect it to show up in the summer as far as Shadowlands, because that's usually when it does. But November is not a bad uh, date. And they absolutely said that it will be coming out by the end of this year. So, yeah, it's really cool. The only thing that's not going to be happening is Diablo 4. Uh, they did say at, uh, um, gosh, what was it? Uh, at BlizzCon. Um, yeah. That it's not coming out soon. And um, Blizzard is like glorious for putting the stuff out like right on a schedule and they're not even going to be doing, they said it's just not going to be happening. Uh, but there is uh, a possibility of um, uh, Overwatch 2 coming out sometime this year. Still. 
so that it wasn't that's set in crazy stone. Because I don't feel like I don't feel like that game's nearly done enough. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think so either. Because um, they've released so, such little info. I feel like what they played at BlizzCon uh-huh. for Overwatch Two, and they let those uh, streamers like O'Nickel and people play uh, the games and yeah. like basically stream it on YouTube. Those seemed like the levels that they were 100% putting all their effort into for that presentation. It didn't seem like they had like a bunch of other stuff made. It seemed like you were looking at what they had made so far. Yeah. You know, that's what it seemed like to me. It didn't seem like let's just load up our, you know, our alpha right now and see what we can play. You know, it did not seem like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah, uh, but you're foreshadowing a lot of stuff I'm going to talk about later, so I'm going to try oh, nice. to bring these things back up. Um, also, here's something that's kind of cool. And I know it's really not a release, but um, uh, someone had uh, basically um, released a uh, full Mario 64 PC for- port that looks like 100% uh, uh spot on uh but it is in high resolution high frame rate and it's uh it's on r slash n64 and um basically somebody had just suggested that i'm going to put in the quotes what would happen if you compiled the source code as a windows app and if that would break it what ways could we use this code to further n64 emulation make a pc port and so the guy asked that question and this is what happened um so if you want to play mario 64 on PC, um, you can go get it, and it's uh, it yeah. looks absolutely beautiful. It really does. It's one hundred percent. So, so, um, so this has to do with that huge leak that Nintendo had about a week and a half ago. It was just a ridiculous amount of information, and one of the most intriguing parts about it is there was full source code for like in 64 builds yeah. and now people can't just copy and paste that legally because uh-huh. <laughs> they'd be stealing code, but all in 64 emulators are very buggy. So yeah. if people can look at these um, source codes of the in 64 and be able to see like little tricks they did and be like, Oh, I can like utilize this one little part and like make my emulator actually work, they would have to rewrite it in their own code, of course. But I that that's really good news for emulator builders, of course. But um, that I I guess what you're saying is that within a week and a half, they already <laughs> they already got results with uh, Mario 64's port, you know. So that's crazy, because like I think we were thinking like, oh, way in the future. People are going to use this information, but like it was immediate. <laughs> That's all I got. Man. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty okay, cool. cool. Well, let me quickly talk about games that were just announced. Um, one of them we can probably talk a little bit about since you've probably actually seen it. Uh, the first one is a game that I'm pretty sure you mentioned about half a year ago, uh, but we got a trailer for the Lord of the Rings Gollum game. Uh-huh. And it's an interesting looking game. Um, the number one thing that's interesting about it is, well, I guess let me back up. The actual number one thing that's interesting about it is you're playing as Gollum. <laughs> Cause who would have ever thunk that they would have done that. But 
that is the most interesting thing, probably. The second most interesting thing is that it's not based on the film franchise. It is based on the books. So uh. it will not look exactly like the films. It is going to look more like, you know, what you in, are inspired by directly from reading the source material of the actual Lord of the Rings. Um, so that is also interesting. I do enjoy different takes on the world of Lord of the Rings. Um, I think it's a little bit of a sin to just make everything look like a carbon copy of the films that are approaching 20 years old by now. Um, that's crazy to think about the came They came out around the turn of the century. Um, but it's also going to be like a stealth type game. So it looks really interesting. A lot of people are saying that it does not look good enough to call it next gen because they announced that it was going to be on the PS five and Xbox uh, series X. So, and the fact of the matter is, I don't think that's that much of a sin because there's going to be a lot of stuff the first year of the next gen that looks last gen because people are developing for the larger install base. You know, you don't develop a game to only release it on the next um, console if you're not being actively funded by that console. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're a third party developer, you want to make as much money back as you can. So you want to make sure it can run on the consoles that are in everyone's houses already. So I don't blame a game like this since it's not being, it's not by the film franchise, basically. It is a standalone game just based on a character from the Lord of the Rings. I completely understand that it's going to look like this current generation of games. That's fine. Um, I'm more interested in how the actual gameplay is and the story and how much it stays true to the books. So um, that that is interesting to me because Gollum is an interesting story. He's an interesting bipolar character. Um, if it, I think I heard something about the game might have like a type of good versus evil kind of tier tree thing going on where you'll have to make decisions on how much you're basically Smeagol or Gollum, you know? So that stuff is really interesting to me. Um, we don't have much information. You can go look at the trailer. I believe it's on IGN's YouTube channel. Um, looks really sharp. Looks really interesting. <laughs> That's really all I have to say for it. We don't have a date on it. All we know is it's going to be released on next gen. So that's that. The next thing that I have is actually interesting because uh, 2K's last wrestling game was such a disaster. And we talked about how buggy it was and how you can look up compilations of all the um, bugs of people running through walls and, you know, stretching through the bars and things. Um, 2K21, uh, WWE 2K21 was just a disaster. And they announced over two months ago that they were not going to make a WWE 2K20. Basically, they were saying they were going to sit out a year on wrestling games because obviously they shouldn't be releasing one one a year if that's the quality they're <laughs> yeah. going to come out with. So as a somewhat replacement, um, we're getting WWE Battlegrounds, which is interesting. It's like a very cartoonish take on 2K21. And I dare say that it could be more successful because... When you think about the target demographic of a wrestling game, um, 
I think it's a much younger audience than, you know, other 2K games. So something with a more stylized, over-the-top combat system might actually be successful. There's just a short trailer available for this. It's only been out for two weeks. Um, it doesn't look like, you know, mind-blowing, but it looks like something that could be actually kind of fun. And if it was like a free game that has like, you know, battle passes or something, I would probably actually check it out because it looks like a f- just a fun little quick, you know, brawler that you just co-op play with. You know, it doesn't look like something that's, you know, no worrying about tier trees or anything like that. It looks like just a simple, fun, stylized game. And I think it's the correct direction that, you know, a WWE game needs to be going because the more hyper-realistic you get with like wrestling games, the more it just seems ridiculous to me because it's just like, basically, basically, I guess what I'm saying is professional wrestling if they had the ability to shoot fireballs out of their hands, you know, they would do it <laughs> because it's so much about oh, yeah. the presentation oh, that yeah. if they could do over the top things, they would do it. So I feel like a over the top, you know, cartoonish game that does things that are supernatural, you know, is of course what they would want if it was, you know, within budget. <laughs> but, um, I, I don't know. It's 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 not game of the year, but it's just something that I thought was interesting. Um, uh, you can check out the trailer. I don't think there's a release date yet, but that is the last. That's not the last of just announced. I'm sorry, I have one more, but the last actual game that was just announced within the last two weeks that I thought was like worth mentioning because I've seen other news sources basically make their whole episodes about this, which is crazy. Um, Assassin's Creed. Um, what is it called? Valhalla? Valhalla, yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing. It looks amazing, but it also doesn't look very Assassin's Creed. Um, I know that they've attached that name to it to like sell copies, but I feel like it could have been its own thing. Um, in the same way, Assassin's Creed Black Flag kind of could have been its own franchise. Um this looks like its own thing, but I mean, it's fine if it's Assassin's Creed, but it as a game alone looks just mind blowing. I don't know what the actual gameplay is going to look like, but the trailer they released is like, it looks like a film. Like it is ridiculously detailed. Um, if you just watch it, you're just like, oh, what's this movie that's going to come out? And if no one told you it was Assassin's Creed game, you just, there's no way you would guess that. Um, but it looks amazing. It looks like it's going to push the next generation of consoles to their limits on graphics or maybe not their limits, but maybe their early limits, basically showing off what the systems can do. Um, it looks like it's going to really utilize ray tracing. There are some scenes in that trailer that were constantly changing light sources and you could just see it as the characters were moving um, on the ship um, there was also a scene in a ca- cave that was like the the lighting was constantly moving with the characters. And if it's not just pre-rendered, if that's what they want the actual game to look like, that's going to be really impressive. So yeah. I- I'm but, looking forward to that game for sure. But you just mentioned uh, ray tracing. And one thing, though, that's coming out right now is um, 
uh, called uh, NVIDIA. Um, yeah. They have actually created a card um, that is going to basically cut the costs of uh, a ray tracing. So these these new cards are just going to be... I can't remember the name of it. It's like Andromeda or some shit like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's going to make it basically... If you've got like a 2080 GTX, it's going to be you know obsolete when this card comes out because uh, they're able to handle the ray tracing at, uh, you know, They've cut the cost extremely, so basically it killed the cost of it. And with these new cards, um, it's just going to be play these kind of games, and you're going to see these visual effects. What's coming around the corner, dude, is going to be absolutely amazing. As far as these uh, ray tracing and graphics and uh, these new GPUs. Yeah, and NVIDIA's been really pushing this next generation really oh, hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I won't say I won't say that they've like sat on their butts in recent years, but I think as far as graphics and processors have gone, there was a short period where it was not excelling as fast as previous years, and I think we're back on another another on another rise. Otherwise, <laughs> something yeah. like that. We're we're back on another like <laughs> rise of the industry just pushing forward really fast. And I think that's, what's kind of concerning about this whole COVID-19 thing is we were in a year that looked very progressive. It looked like we were going to push forward in technology a lot this year. And then the whole world shut down. (laughs) So I think, I think 2021 is going to show like where we would actually be, but yes, there's a lot of companies working in the background, but I, I really believe that we were like in the early stages of a huge tech technological breakthrough where everything was going to move forward really fast. It oh, just yeah. really felt like that to me. It just got and, put on hold for a minute and it's going to, it's going to pick up again, just like you're saying, it's just going to take off. Now, now you say that, but I don't want to be too depressing here, but one of the things that concerns me the most about moving forward is I know knowledge is not all with the elderly, but a lot of the most intelligent people in every field are at that age where they're most susceptible to, you know, dying (laughs) of the virus. And that's what scares me. All these fields have these great leaders and thinkers that push these companies forward. And yes, they have their youth that is driving their business, but you like, I don't know. I feel like everything's being hurt, you know, by the 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 uh, the older half of people, you know, in companies being like if you just if they just suddenly disappeared, you would see a difference. You would see that there was a lack of um the experience, maybe not the knowledge, but there's people in these companies that have seen trends, they've seen other things fail, they've seen you know, they've seen ideas just not come to flirt. Oh, man, I can't talk today. Flu- fruition? Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've seen other people do that. And I think that is a, 
I don't know how to say this. That is something that you can't purchase. You can't purchase knowledge of it. You can't purchase experience, you know? So that's what's scaring me about where we're moving forward because I felt like everything was, you know, on all cylinders. It was just moving really fast. And I felt like we were about to get left behind if we didn't keep up with it. But hopefully you are right. (laughs) We'll just pick right up where we left off. But kudos to the people that are still working in the background because you were talking about how Activision seems to not be slowing down. But you bring up a very good point when you were talking about Activision not slowing down because my next point in the nitty-gritty part of our news (laughs) is that Phil Spencer was concerned about the launch of the Series X in a recent statement where he said that the hardware was 100% ready for launch. But the thing that he was concerned about was the developers. He was concerned that the developers of the games for launch would not be ready because, you know, you don't really have too much control over what's actually going to be happening in all those other studios. So it would be interesting if this next generation launches with no games (laughs) because Every, everyone's just been on hold, you know, but the more depressing thing would to be would be if all of those developers released unfinished games on launch. <laughs> if we launched with the PS5, or the Xbox Series X with a bunch of games that were just almost done because, you know, the world was shut down during the year. So I really don't know what's going to happen. Um. We don't have official release dates on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Series X has said holiday 2020, but the thing is, that's not a date. Um, I'm wondering if these consoles are going to get pushed back, not because they're not ready, but because they want to wait till the developers and you know the software is ready. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It would be interesting to see where this ends up, but... I think we're going to be getting a lot more news about this come September, maybe. We'll get a real idea of how much these two consoles are ready to actually launch and whether or not they need to delay the launch. Because, yes, you want them to be ready at Christmas, but the Nintendo Switch did great releasing in, like, March or February. <laughs> so maybe maybe you don't ha- have to do that. So I don't know. Uh, Something to think about, not the biggest piece of news, but um, let me see what else I have in the nitty gritty. Oh, oh, this, this, this is funny. Um, So Battlefront, the Star Wars game, not the EA one, the original Battlefront for the PS2 um, finally got its multiplayer back on May the 4th. So this is really cool because if you play it on Steam, you can play multiplayer again. It was originally on GameSpy servers, but GameSpy shut down in 2014. So with that, its multiplayer died. Uh. Um, Battlefront 2 got its servers back in 2017, but the original Battlefront hasn't had it. So on May the 4th, they actually did it for Star Wars Day and... That's just that's just really cool. I don't like Battlefront as much as Battlefront 2, but it's still really cool to see that there's people who can play this now online. I think that's pretty cool. Um 
Next thing in news that I have is that Sony stole my spoiler idea. <laughs> and I'm pretty upset about it. It's not quite what I've described, but it's pretty close. So Sony filed a patent that is a anti-spoiler mode that you can supposedly activate on your PlayStation 5 where you can make it not show you, show you spoilers in games for content that you haven't seen yet. Oh, wow. So let's say you're playing multiplayer on a game and someone has a legendary weapon that has to do with the story <laughs> and you don't want to see it because it spoils the story. According to this patent, that technology would basically censor the thing by just making it a default weapon. Yeah. And it would not spoil the story. In the same sense, the program could also make it so that you don't see certain collectibles within the game that somehow spoil, you know, the end of the game. It's an interesting idea. I don't know how much they can actually use it, but currently the patent is only talking about um, game spoilers within the game. The the idea that I had <laughs> was that it could filter your entire you know system. So if you didn't want spoilers on anything, it would filter it out of like messages and all sorts of stuff. You know, so it's not as grand as my idea of a spoiler free <laughs> app, but it is a step in the direction where I feel like I'm about to get um really angry when someone completely steals my idea. Yeah. But whatever. Um <laughs> it's a, it's a cool idea though. Sony stepping up with more user kind of I don't know. Sony Here's the thing. Xbox, Microsoft makes changes that the consumer wants. The consumer says they want something, Microsoft does it. Uh Nintendo <laughs> absolutely does not listen to their customers. And gets an idea that nobody asked for, and then the consumer loves it. Yeah. Sony, on the other hand, is like right in the middle. Sony hears people say what they want, ignores the top 10 things, and then does a half-assed version of the like 11th choice. <laughs> <laughs> so they do they do listen, but they like they're like halfway between no one asked for it and everyone asked for it. So they're like right in the middle. So it's funny because whenever I see patents from Sony, it's like, I think people are more concerned about other stuff. Like, why are they, why are they doing this? Like, why is there, why are they making a robot friend for kids? Like, like, is that really important right now? And then it's like, oh, here's someone like 20 messages down on this board or 200 that said, man, I wish my kid had, you know, someone to play with that wasn't so toxic, you know? And then Sony takes that and runs with it and makes a robot friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how Sony seems to think is they're just like, where's what's something that people wouldn't be picky about and let's make our own version of it. So I, I don't know. I can't blame Sony for trying, but once again, this seems like an idea that's not going to be utilized much. Yeah. Um, someone really like does. me would probably use it to not have spoilers, but within one game, not getting spoilers, it might be only it might be only being used maybe once or twice. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. seems like a lot of technology and a lot of working with the developers of the games to agree to allow this um, function to change the code of the game. 
at any given second, you know, seems like a lot of work for something that would hardly be noticed. So, and, and it's something that nobody asked for. So there you go. Uh, the last thing in the nitty gritty that I have before I get, give it off to you is the last of us two drama. Um, I was going to talk about this last week because um, I was pretty upset about it. This was pretty depressing that the entire game was leaked two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, 100% of the game. Meaning, if you see any story about The Last of Us, do not click on it if you don't yeah. want spoilers because all that information is out. The complete story is out. Um, and the previous release date for the game was the end of May. And then they delayed it indefinitely. And when they delayed it indefinitely, we were talking about maybe it would be next generation. And everybody was talking about that. I started hearing other news platforms say that maybe the game is getting pushed off to next gen because they're not ready. Before we even get to the actual release date, um, this leak happens. And then suddenly, like within a day, Sony announces that the game is going to be released mid-June. So you would not say that a game was going to be delayed indefinitely to only delay it 20 days. Um, you would just say it's being delayed 20 days. So yeah, it's exactly. really hard to believe that they intended on releasing it in June when they yeah. said indefinitely. It seems to be 100%. It got leaked, and then they were just like, oh, shit. We got to get this out now because if people are going to read this story and then they don't like something in the story, they aren't going to experience it and then they're going to not want to buy the game. Yeah. Um, so I think they're scrambling and now they have to release it, which is a shame because there clearly was a reason that they delayed it. And so now I'm worried that they're going to release a game that's not finished <laughs> because <laughs> it, it was clear that they delayed it for a reason. And then right after a leak happens, they're like, oh, it's releasing in 20 days. So you're just like, wow, okay. Um, I don't know. So I have mixed feelings about this. It's really depressing that it leaked. Um, but it's even more depressing that it could not be finished. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, the leaked version I do know is a February build. So. Um, if it's completely running, then maybe they don't do, need to do too much work. But the fact of the matter is, the person that leaked this had a dev kit. So um, I, I I really don't understand like how the confidentiality <laughs> is not better than it is because that seems crazy. Like there can't be that many people with dev kits to Last of Us Two, and I feel like the people on the team would have to know who it was because there's no way that, you know, you wouldn't have suspicion of a certain person. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> it's gotta be a small team. So I, I always get really surprised when things like this leak, when it has a small team, uh, when it's someone data mining or something, that's totally different. But when someone's leaking an actual game because they have it physically on a dev kit at home, that's insane. <laughs> Like, I don't know why you would do that because this is a game that could potentially lose because of the leak. It could lose, you know, multiple millions of dollars yeah. for Sony. 
Yeah. So that's a huge lawsuit if they find you. You know, I don't know why you would even risk it, but yeah. So shame on whoever leaked it. I don't like you. Yeah. I hope you die one day when you naturally die at an old age. There we go. It didn't make it any better. Really That's a didn't. great equalizer. Everybody dies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, so is it worse for me to say that I want him to die, or is it worse that I say that I want him to live a long life, which is worse? People are going to be mad at me if I say that I wish misery he- and despair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, then, I might have to edit that, but go ahead. <laughs> that being said, uh, let's get on to a couple of things that I've got here. Speaking <laughs> of despair. <laughs> One of the things that I've always talked about and that I've really been interested in, um, and it, for the most part, it's with Fortnite, but it's their uh, cross-merchandising and uh, using other platforms within their own platform to uh, either... Uh, promote something or bring attention to themselves. Either way, it works both ways. And we've seen some pretty amazing things happen that way. Well, the NFL uh, season announcement uh, came out and uh, basically, you know, all the teams announced their entire 2020 season. But the Detroit Lions, um, what they did is they put it on uh, Animal Crossings and it was actually kind of cool. They had a um, a uh, looks like a seven minute video uh, that you can find on Twitter through the Detroit Lions uh, Twitter account. And um, they announce it, the entire thing. And it's really it's really kind of neat. Um, they have uh, it's Tom Nook is in there and he's uh, doing most of the announcing. And uh, you've got different little things that happen like um, um, different ways that they announce who they're playing. Um, Their season opener is against the Chicago bears. And what they did is they buried a stuffed bear into a hole (laughs) in animal crossings. (laughs) So there's really some cool little things that they do, some cool little quips and uh, it's kind of neat how they did it. Um, But then they also put out an uh, eight minute video. Um, that was inspired by planet earth documentary series unveiling their, their schedule in a completely different format. So um, they did two different kind of things, you know, uh, one of them's a little bit more uh, sciencey and the other one's more game, you know, infused, but both very cool ideas. And I think that if the other teams start to get involved like this, it's going to be a really good thing for the NFL because um, they're basically connecting with, you know, their fans in a completely different way. So, yeah. I think it's kind of neat. Um, and speaking of that, uh, speaking of you know Animal Crossing's new Hor- Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, now it's no secret that this game is just enormous right now. Um, that it's you know extremely, extremely huge. Uh, it was a big deal for Switch. Uh, the game is just amazing. Well, that being said. Um, that game has helped sales of the Nintendo Switch during the COVID-19 crisis by leaps and bounds. And with that, uh, basically, the Nintendo Switch has basically had the best fiscal year sales for of a console in more than a decade. Um, yeah. 
I mean, it's crazy. Incredible. Yeah. Um, they expect it to hit uh, 20 million that's units, all, but it went above that's that all and with it them. ended up selling 21 million units worldwide. Um, that's just insane, dude. And that's in a year. That's with them shutting off production yes. too because they couldn't make them fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like and that's I, tons of missiles. <laughs> they've, I mean, the Wii, the Wii was the biggest one, and then the PS2 was second, but Switch is third now and it surpassed the PS4. I mean, that says a lot for what Nintendo's doing. I mean, that Switch is a uh it's you know a big deal for them right now because of the fact that of what it's doing, and it's still gonna continue to sell. That's the thing. So uh yeah, it's it'll be really interesting to see you know, if it, if it beats some other ones uh, coming up, because it's been out for a while and to go 21 million units this fiscal year is kind of crazy. It's basically after the fact you would think the first year it came out that it would just be huge and would do way bigger numbers than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's big, man. I'm actually thinking about buying one. The switch has been like a word of mouth thing. Oh yeah. It's been a, um, no one wanted it at first, except for the diehard Nintendo fans. Yes. And then people started seeing people playing games on it or seeing them playing them in public. Yeah. The fact that you can carry it around is like free advertisement. Yeah. So it just, it slowly was word of mouth and people would be like, it was kind of a man, I want one of those. So yep. then they got one, but yeah, of course, Xbox and PS4 sold the most early on because, you know advertising and that's what you had to do you had to have a big console yeah you know well, speaking of big games here's another one and this one's also about Fortnite. um that's a game that i you know i i kind of used to make jokes about it but i've been talking more and more about this game just because of their like i said their cross merchandising and uh uh partnering with different platforms but also the fact that um this game is one of the biggest games ever played. It has just surpassed 350 million players. They had over 3.2 billion hours played in April. 3.2 billion hours played, dude. That is insane. That is insane. <laughs> More than 350 million registered players. That is crazy. Mean, for a free-to-play game, dude, um, this is like, you know, it ranks up there with Minecraft right now. It's it's a huge, huge game. Um, the last player count that they had was 250 million, and that was back in March, dude. And now it's got 100 million in a year. That's absolutely insane. And I don't ever see this game wow. dying. I really don't. This is like, uh, this is going to be, uh, you know, Fortnite's going to be a franchise kind of like how World of Warcraft you know, was, I mean, look at world of Warcraft. What is it? 16, 16 years that that game's been out. Yeah. And uh, 16 or 17 years. And it's just, yeah, it's still going strong. And I mean, the, the new expansion that they have coming looks like it could possibly be one of the best expansions that blizzard has ever put out for this game. So it just goes to show you there's certain games and Fortnite is one of them that has this longevity to it and ability to just, just keep going. So, you know, I think it's a great thing. I'm actually very interested in getting back into playing some Fortnite. I haven't played in a long time. 
So I'm thinking about uh, making sure I've got it on PC and, and playing again. But uh, yeah, I think Fortnite. It, I think they understand. I think Epic Games understands that Fortnite has to to stay relevant. They have to constantly have new content. And oh yeah, they're very good at that. Um, we talked last episode about the Travis Smith concert within the game. Yes, with over twelve uh, million the last- viewers. Since then, they had another thing with three DJs. With I remember, two of them were Dead Mouse and Steve Akoy. Yeah, and uh, that was huge too. And that was just like, here's more stuff for y'all. It's just crazy. Um, they're constantly having events, and yeah, I don't see them slowing down. I mean, of course they have slowed down, but I don't see them disappearing by any means. I think there's still going to be a Titan. As a brand, at least, I think they have the ability to expand the brand for sure. Yeah, I really do too. I I think that uh, uh, Fortnite is is just right on the money, man. As far as getting their their product out there and talked about, I mean, I never thought that I would talk about Fortnite this much, but they don't they don't stop to surprise me. They never cease to to surprise me, man. I just something new comes out, and I'm just like, holy shit, look at these guys. They just, they know exactly what to do. And it's very, very rare. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, these guys have been hitting it right on the money every single. Very cool. Uh, another piece of news that I thought was kind of neat. Um, that uh, There was a, um, a virus out there that cost, you know, a lot of money. Um, and it was called, do you remember this called the I love you virus? We're talking it about rings a, bell. a long time ago. Um, basically 20 years ago, dude, email messages with the subject line, I love you were coming out and people were opening them and it would just, um, it would just kill. Um, basically your, your PC was done. You know, your everything, it just, right? It, it would just blow up everything. Well, basically, um, there was a guy who came out uh, just now. He's 44 years old now, uh, Manila, and his name is Onel de Guzman. And he wrote an earlier virus, um, basically, and it was so that he could get free internet. Uh, it would steal dial up internet passwords and his, then his, I love you virus was based on that. Um, and it would also send itself into a person's outlook contact. So basically it would send out email to all of them and he would get all these passwords. Well, and it ended up being exactly not what he wanted it to do. It was, um, uh, basically at the height of it, it was ready to cause like in the tens of billions of damage. To PCs? Um, well, not <laughs> just PCs, but also financial institutions. Cause it was going oh. everywhere. It was going to businesses. It was going everywhere. And, uh, um, like Ford and government agencies and us. So anyway, he, this guy admitted to it. Um, and, uh, you know, he admitted to sending out this virus and it would, uh, patch itself to every file that you had, MP3s, JPEGs, anything that was on your PC and it would just infect it. And, um, 
Uh, so people are also questioning, you know, whether or not he's telling the truth because he basically, you know, he said that it was just to steal internet access, but if it was only to steal internet access, then why was it attacking everything? So a lot of people are saying that it was intentional, um, that he basically wanted to, um, you know, cause as much damage as possible. So, uh, yeah. Um, he basically won't be punished for it. And the reason why is because uh, when he was in the Philippines at the time, when it happened, uh, it wasn't yeah. illegal there. So at that time. Uh, so uh, why did he confess to it? Uh, he confessed to it he just I think wanted because attention? he wanted, probably wanted attention. He wants people to know he's probably coming out with a book or some shit. And, you know, he wants to <laughs> make some money. If I did it. Yeah. If I did it. The uh, O'Neill de Guzman story. <laughs> Um, yeah. So basically the guy never had to do any time. He never got punished for it, but he, yeah, he, he admitted to it. So, you know, wow. little, little fame and fortune for that guy. You know, it's kind of like, all you got to do is say something stupid and people watch case in point, the cash me outside chick. So my next story, <laughs> um, Everybody knows how I feel about uh, anti-cheat software. If you've been listening to the show in any kind of fact, uh, I believe in it 100%. I think it's awesome that these companies are doing it. Well, um, uh, Riot Games uh, has a, uh, an anti-cheat that comes with uh, Valorant. And it's called Vanguard. And basically, a lot of people are... are um, thinking it's awesome that they're they're doing this and that it's running. Um, but a lot of people are having problems with it because uh, it stops programs from running um, whether or not they're playing Valorant because this is uh, uh, running in the background the entire time. So one of the things is that people are running certain programs that uh, will show them the temperature of their CPUs uh, show them their frame rates, stuff like that. What's yeah. stopping those programs from running? Because uh, a lot of these programs were ways that people could get their viruses or their hacks into uh, the games. Um, that's how they were exploiting it was through those. So basically, the reason why um, it all comes together is this. Uh, um, it's called a kernel mode driver. And Kernel mode drivers are the basic way that hackers get into um, these programs in these PCs. So um, what they're doing is they're using the same method that these hackers use in order to stop the hackers. So it runs when your PC yeah. boots up and it what it does is it keeps running to make sure that you're not doing any kind of anti-cheat program or you're running any cheats while you're playing Valorant. But it also keeps running, like I said, even if you're not playing Valorant. So that's something that they're, they're uh, currently um, working on. And it's not started uh, if, if, uh, if, if this uh, Valorant is not started when you run Windows, Valorant won't trust your PC and you won't be able to play the game. So you'll have to reboot um, your whole PC if you try to block out this thing from, from running. Um, so basically, the, the kernel... The kernel mode, sorry, I almost lost my mic there. The kernel mode is that's the the meat and potatoes of that program. That's what has that's the software 
Um, right. Software that runs at that level has co- the greatest control over what's going on with your um, PC. So basically, they have uh, least privileged programs to most privileged programs, and the most privileged privileged programs are going to be running at the kernel and and uh, in the kernel mode, and those are going to get the most priority for the game. But like I said, the problem that people are having is that it's shutting off other things that uh, people want to be able to use while they're playing the game. Now, as far as the, uh, the uh, temperature gauges that watch your CPU and your GPU, it, for the most part, people do not have to worry about that. And the reason why is that your PC is not going to run at such a high level on Valorant that it's going to get uh, that it's going to overheat, um, and that comes straight from the developer. Um, they're saying that they they have no notifications that it's causing any kind of problems with overheating. So it you know, but that is something that they're working on as far as um, uh, figuring out that problem so that they don't have to worry about. Uh, it's shutting off the programs that you need. So they're trying to figure out, basically they're going to integrate a way to include the programs that you want running in the background. Um, there was some problems with it stopping mice and keyboards, etc. cetera. But um, as far as it working, there's really not a lot of uh, numbers to, to use right now because hackers have made it into the Valorant closed beta. Um, it's unfortunate that they did. But in the same time, I think that it's just going to make it stronger. Um, because they're going to know how these guys are getting in and they're going to know what to use. But the basic thing that it comes down to, the meat and potatoes of it is that it is a good thing and they are taking control of the uh, anti-cheat and they're taking it seriously. But it's right now it's just too uh, intrusive and it causes too many problems. So um, they, there's a couple of things that they do need to fix. But for the most part, it's doing its job. Um, but you know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. I know that you and me both, we both, well, we both think that anti-cheat stuff is great, but I do agree with the fact that, uh, they do need to get those bugs out so that you can use other programs because obviously, um, you didn't list off what programs they couldn't use, but I'm sure it has to do with streaming or audio or something like that. Something that they run in the background, you know? Hey guys, um, sorry that we had to end the podcast here. We had some issues with the end audio to this podcast, so uh, apologies for that. Um, I will review what we talked about, and um, we'll try to recap <laughs> what was lost with, uh, basically, it was just some corruption on the audio. So apologies for that. Um, basically, half of what I cut off was us closing and saying thank you for listening um so right now i'll just let y'all know thank you for listening um we are about to be at our one year anniversary um and that is insane uh it's been a crazy busy year and uh, we will talk more about basically our first year of podcasting next week and um look forward to seeing you all there And uh, I hope you have a really awesome week and uh, uh, stay girthy, guys.
So in summation, you're saying that it doesn't have a well-defined enough identity to merit its own existence? Uh, deep, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs>